Section 15 of Seeking a Human Spaceflight Program Worthy of a Great Nation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Seeking a Human Spaceflight Program worthy of a great nation by the review of u s human spaceflight plans committee chapter six program options and evaluation part three six point four point two examination of the key decision on the iss extension comparison of integrated options three and four a allows examination of key decision concerning the future of the international space station should we stop u s participation in the iss at the end of two thousand and fifteen or continue u s participation through at least twenty twenty probably at an enhanced level of u s utilization the background for this question was presented in section four point two extending the iss would yield several benefits chief among these is the support for global partnerships by ending participation in 2015 the u.s would voluntarily relinquish its leading role in this phase of international space exploration by extending the iss we would further develop the international partnerships upon which the iss is based encouraging these ties to evolve into long-lasting relationships for space exploration the return on investment on the part of the u s would be enhanced by ten years of well-funded utilization in the twenty tens and by the operation of a national laboratory the iss extension issue couples with exploration preparation if properly used the iss could be a more effective testbed for development of the technologies and systems for exploration extending the iss also leads to improved evaluation in human civilization the extra years on the iss would allow a better understanding of the adaption of humans to microgravity and the extensions would produce more data for extremely long stays important in planning for exploration the choice of ending u s participation in the iss in twenty fifteen really provides only one benefit that of freeing up the roughly two point five to three billion per year needed to run the iss which can then be invested in the more rapid development of the exploration systems the committee's integrated option analysis shows that if coupled to the choice of commercial crew launch system to low earth orbit and the aries five light heavy lift choice this expenditure on the iss would delay the exploration of the moon until the mid 2020s only a few years after the most aggressive unconstrained profile would accomplish it see section six point two point four by applying the evaluation criteria it developed 
the committee finds extension of the ISS to 2020 to have greater value than the choice of ending U.S. participation in 2015. 6.4.3 Examination of the Key Decision on Ares 5 versus Ares 5 Light Dual Launch. Unlike the other four key decisions, each of which has been reduced in this chapter to two main choices, the decision on heavy lift is more complex, as indicated in Figure 5.2-1. The decision can be represented by three successive choices, Figure 6.4.3-1. At the highest level, the nation faces a choice of basing the heavy lift capability on the NASA Heritage Systems, Apollo and Shuttle, or on the EELV Heritage Systems. Within the NASA Heritage Systems are those more directly based on the Shuttle and those that belong to the Ares family. Within the Ares family, there is the choice of Ares 1 plus Ares 5 system, currently planned, or the Ares 5 light, used in the dual mode for lunar missions as the only vehicle developed. The issues behind this set of decisions were discussed in section 5.2. In this section, the third choice will be examined. Because of the structure of the integrated options, the best head-to-head -head comparison of the other decisions is in the flexible path options in section 6.5. The committee considered the comparison of the Ares 5 light, which for lunar missions would be used in dual mode with the current architecture of Ares 1 plus Ares 5. Setting aside the issues of crew launch on the Ares 1, which will be discussed in section 6.4.4, the principal distinguishing feature of the two alternatives is the extra heavy cargo launch capability that would be provided by the Ares 5 light dual launch during the lunar exploration. A secondary distinction is the relatively greater capacity of the Ares 5 compared with the relatively lower performance demands placed on the Ares 5 light. The main criteria involved in this comparison are exploration preparation, schedule, and program risks. The current baseline Ares 5 has more launch capability than the Saturn V, but current NASA studies show that when used in combination with Ares 1, it does not have enough launch capability to robustly deliver the currently planned landing and service systems to the moon in order to deliver the greatest potential of the vehicle many of the options to increase its performance have already been applied including using 5.5 segment solid rocket boosters srbs and six rs 68 family engines both of which require further development there is a concern expressed by some within NASA and by the committee that with performance already at the upper edge of what any Ares 5 family vehicle 
is likely to deliver, coupled with the potential weight growth of the payloads, the development will potentially face delays and added costs associated with weight reduction campaigns. In contrast, the Ares 5 Lite backs off on proposed performance by using a five-segment SRB already in development and five RS-68 family engines. Thus, the development risk of the Ares 5 Lite is somewhat reduced. The essential difference between the two options is the use of two heavy lifters that for a lunar mission will give substantial margin and likely save development schedule and cost. The use of the two launch vehicles now decouples the operation of the Orion and Altair. The Ares 5 Lite dual launch allows a more robust Orion to be built, one that is capable of missions on its own. For example, launch with an Earth Departure Stage, EDS, to a near-Earth object, NEO, which will be discussed in Section 6.5. Programmatically, the choice of the Ares 5, together with Ares 1, unquestionably has less impact on current workflow or contracts. However, the Ares 5 Lite preserves some of the investment already made for Ares 1 and would possibly allow some of the contract structure to stay in place. It would use the same five-segment SRB as the Ares 1 and the same J2X engine for the Earth departure stage. It would deliver a heavy launch vehicle three to five years earlier than if the Ares 1 were built first, assuming the ISS is extended in both cases. Finally, construction of the Ares 5 Lite focuses NASA on the more challenging task of building the vehicle most needed for exploration, the heavy lift booster. The analysis performed for the committee indicated that the Ares 5 Lite dual launch scenario and the Ares 1 plus Ares 5 scenario would have comparable operating costs. In a normal year of lunar exploration, for example, in the mid-2020s, there would be four missions to the moon, two with crew and two with cargo. In the Ares 1 and Ares 5 architecture, this would require two Ares 1 launch vehicles and four Ares 5. In the Ares 5 light architecture, this same set of missions would require six Ares 5 lights. Considering NASA's high fixed recurring costs, the dis difference in total costs between four and six launches a year of the same system would be a small fraction of the annual cost. In the Ares 1 and Ares 5 architecture, NASA would have two of the six launches by a less expensive vehicle, but would have to operate two launch systems with two processing flows at the Kennedy Space Center, offsetting potential savings. While the Ares 5 would nominally not have to be human-rated, the criticality of the payloads it would carry and the NASA development culture 
would likely and appropriately drive it to a nearly human rated status aries one may have higher single launch ascent safety than aries five both would be high reliability rockets with the same capsule and launch escape system the first stage of the aries one is considerably simpler however because of the higher dynamic pressure in the flight profile of the aries one and its solid rocket motor a capsule on the aries one would have a more challenging separation from the booster than a capsule of the aries five aries one is not planned to launch at a rate higher than two per year raising questions about the sustainability of safe operations in contrast up to six aries five lights are planned to launch each year about the average rate of shuttle launches throughout the program's years of operation contributing to a potentially higher demonstrated reliability there is widespread confusion about the findings of the columbia accident investigation board c a i b on the issue of mixing crew and cargo the c a i b report said when cargo can be carried to the space station or other destinations by an expandable launch vehicle it should be page 211 of the caib report that suggests that humans should not be put at risk to carry cargo as they are in the shuttle the implication is not that humans should be launched along with cargo if that makes sense which was the case with apollo one of the two vehicle choices the committee finds the aries five light in the dual mode contributes to a higher score on the evaluation options than does the aries five the critical difference is the use of the two aries five family launchers for lunar missions even the aries one were to be built the committee's findings indicate that the exploration missions would benefit from the using the aries five light in the dual mode as described six point four point four examination of the key decision on the provision of crew transport to low earth orbit the key question pertaining to crew launch to low earth orbit is whether to carry the crews on systems provided by the u s government or on commercially provided systems with eventual operational backup by a U.S. government system. The Exploration Systems Architecture Study, ESAS, of 2005 developed a plan to launch crew to the ISS and to destinations beyond low Earth orbit using the Ares-1, as discussed in the background on this decision in Section 5.3, this would be a launch system with very high ascent safety, would have high component commonality with the Ares 5, and would provide NASA organizationally with an opportunity to develop the Ares 1 before undertaking the more complex Ares 5. The alternative is to terminate the development of the Ares 1 and instead proceed with development of a commercial launch service to low earth orbit for crew 
if based on a high-reliability rocket and with a capsule and launch escape system, this approach, too, could have high ascent safety. It would also have the potential for significantly lower development cost and therefore be available about a year sooner. Once operating, it would have the potential for significantly lower recurring costs, allowing the more rapid development of systems for exploration beyond low-Earth orbit in a constrained resource environment. The development of commercial cruise service is not without significant programmatic risk, as discussed in Section 5.3. The choice of Ares-1 as the crew launcher was probably a sound choice in 2005. As is often observed, the rocket equation has not changed. So any reason that NASA would come to a different solution for crew transport to low Earth orbit today than in 2005 would be due to changes in assumptions and constraints. The committee, in fact, concludes that many of the assumptions on which the Ares-1 crew decision was based have changed. In contrast, the committee found that the Orion should continue to be developed as a capable crew exploration vehicle, regardless of the decision on Ares-1. Likewise, it should be emphasized that the committee did not find any unsurmountable technical issues with Ares-1. With time and sufficient funds, NASA could develop, build, and fly the Ares-1 successfully. The question is, should it? First, from the perspective of schedule, the committee observes that because of technological delays and the shortage of funds, Ares-1 will not effectively service the ISS, since the launch vehicle is expected to come online in FY 2017 after retirement of the ISS. Even if the ISS is extended within constrained resources, the Ares-1 and Orion will not be available until near the end of the decade, serving during only the last few years of the ISS. As noted, safety is paramount. It is unquestionable that crews need access to low Earth orbit at significantly lower risk than the shuttle provides. The best architecture to assure such safe access would be the combination of a high-reliability rocket and a capsule with launch escape system. While Ares-1 and Orion fit that description, so do other alternatives. The committee was unconvinced that enough is known about the potential failures of any of the prospective high-reliability launchers plus capsule and launch escape systems to distinguish their safety in a meaningful way. The uncertainty in the safety models is large compared to the differences they predict among competing systems, and it is clear that many of the failure modes observed in practice are not captured in the safety analysis. The budgetary environment today is significantly more constrained than in the assumptions used for the ESAS. Despite the significant architectural 
commonality of the Aries one and Aries five, the program now estimates that Aries one will cost five billion to six billion to develop, even assuming that all common costs are carried by the Aries five. Within the existing budget constraints, that will delay the availability of the Aries five to the mid twenty twenties if the ISS is not extended and another several years if the ISS is extended. When it begins operations, the Aries One and Orion would be a very expensive system for crew transport to low Earth orbit. Program estimates are that it would have a recurring cost of nearly $1 billion per flight, even with the fixed infrastructure costs being carried by Aries Five. The issue is that the Orion is a very capable vehicle for exploration, but it has far more capability than needed for a taxi to low Earth orbit. Another understanding that has changed since the ESAS was performed is the traffic model, figure 6.4.4-1, indicates the number of operational flights of the Aries One based on the choices made in two other decisions and based on projected flight rates and the schedules estimated for the less constrained budgets there are no gemini style missions included in this count that simply orbit and do not service the iss in none of the combinations are there more than about six aries one flights in the next decade or a dozen in the next two decades. In the years since the ESAS, other conditions have changed as well. The NASA workforce has learned from the development of the Ares-1. With the approaching launch of the Ares-1X flight test vehicle, much of what will be learned may have already occurred. The sunk costs in Ares-1 will be partially recovered in the development of Ares V, due to the commonality of the SRB J2X engine, etc. Further, a commercial space industry has continued to develop, in part due to the investment of NASA in the Commercial Orbital Transportation Services COTS program. Thus, the use of commercial vehicles to transport crews to low Earth orbit is much more of an option today than it might have been in 2005. Moving towards commercial cruise services will also contribute to the evaluation on economic expansion. Together with commercial launch services for cargo to the ISS and potentially in-space refueling, the commercial crew options could further stimulate the development of a domestic competitive launch capability. Eventually, it could stimulate a commercial service for human transport to low Earth orbit that would be available to other markets. In summary, the committee found more potential contribution to the evaluation of integrated options due to the development of commercial cruise service to low Earth orbit than in the continued development of the Ares-1. Unfortunately, neither option is without problems. 
the Aries one would be safe, but late to serve the ISS and expensive to operate. It would not be operated very often or many times in total. It would delay by years NASA's start on a heavy lift launcher, although some of the developments so far will be applicable to the Aries V terminating aries one would cause programmatic disruption on the other hand programmatic commitment at this time to commercial cruise service to low earth orbit has benefits and risks it has the potential to be safe sooner and significantly less expensive it would allow nasa to share operating costs with other customers while the domestic development capability is demonstrated some of the systems are largely notional the committee finds that if this alternative is pursued the backup of a human rateable heavy launcher should be accelerated as discussed in section five point three six point four point five examination of the key question on shuttle extension what should be the future of the space shuttle a prudent fly out of remaining flights currently part of nasa policy but fy 2011 funding for it is not part of the president's budget or an extension of the shuttle through 2015 at minimum flight rate a third option discussed in section 4.1 of extending the shuttle life by one flight is considered to be a variant of the 2011 flyout option which should be resolved by nasa the potential advantage of extending the shuttle through 2015 at a low but safe flight rate or to continue to support the iss with heavy logistics to smooth the short-term workforce dislocation of shuttle workforce and to help preserve the critical workforce skills associated with launch operations extending the shuttle would also help close the gap by delaying the retirement of the only system the u.s currently has or is likely to have in the next five years to deliver humans to low earth orbit when viewed in the integrated options some of these potential advantages are conditional extending the shuttle in combination with developing the aries one and orion would not entirely close the u s crew launch gap if the shuttle is retired in two thousand eleven the aries one plus orion would become available in two thousand and seventeen producing a gap of about seven years if the shuttle is extended within a fixed budget the funds that would have paid for the development of the Ares one and orion will be further limited and that will delay their availability until late in the twenty tens producing a gap of at least several years at that time additionally the infrastructure changes and workforce transition required for Ares one would be delayed the gap is not closed but shifts to the future the only way to close the gap in U.S. crew launch is to commission a commercial service for transporting crew to low Earth orbit, which, 
because it is potentially less expensive to develop may at some risk be available by 2016 even with extension of the shuttle other than this scenario the committee found no way to close the gap the inclusion in many integrated options of reliance on international crew launch services is an indication that the committee found this to be an acceptable alternative as an interim measure extending the shuttle would provide more up mass and down mass capability to the iss in this interval which would be a benefit the current u.s space transportation policy dated january 6 2005 prohibits the government from taking actions that would put it in competition with commercial providers in space transportation there is already a contract for nasa to buy commercial cargo launches and it is not the committee's intent that a possible shuttle extension disrupt plans for those commercial flights any additional shuttle flights would supplement the ability of the commercial carriers to service the iss the one integrated option that includes a shuttle extension specifically includes the full manifest of commercial cargo flights through 2015 extension of the shuttle would require that the recertification done by nasa be verified to ensure it is consistent with the caib recommendation shuttle retirement is the current nasa plan which is a position supported by the aerospace safety advisory panel extending the shuttle would have a beneficial impact on the near-term workforce issues some workforce reductions would be indicated by the reduced flight rate proposed but there would be several years in which to manage these reductions in 2015 when the shuttle finally retires no nasa crew launch system would be available for several more years and then the problem of maintaining key workforce skills would resurface if however the commercial crew option were to be ready by 2016 or so some national competence in crew launch would be nearly continuous technically extending the shuttle makes the most sense if a directly shuttle derived vehicle is chosen to replace the shuttle which is the case in option 4b the relative advantages of this option are discussed below in section 6.5.2 taking all factors into consideration the decision to extend the shuttle or not is a complex trade consideration of near-term access to low earth orbit workforce and skills issues supports the extension these benefits primarily materialize if the shuttle extension is complemented by the development of commercial crew service to low earth orbit the potential life cycle costs and lower capability of the associated heavy launch system favor early retirement of the shuttle end of section 15 recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc